What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. We're back at the Novacare Complex preview episode: Philadelphia Eagles versus Dallas Cowboys Sunday night in Jerry World. Um, this is I, I look forward to this game every year. Obviously, even before I was covering them, but going to Dallas Sunday night, like they they, they have a Sunday, they have a primetime game every year against them, pretty much, don't they? Yeah, sometimes it varies between Thursday yeah. or Monday or Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, but it it really does always it, it always seems to at least the last couple of years uh fall in a way that like both teams need to win. Yeah. <laughs> like it definitely was like that both times last year and the Eagles failed to win. Um they I know they're on the road, but there's a lot of things that like are blowing in their favor for this game to the point where like I'm almost too confident that they're going to win, so I feel like I'm wrong. But like how how are you feeling after a week of being in the locker room, seeing all the news, like wh- how do you how do you feel about this game? It's been overly chill for uh, a locker room that is coming off of eighteen point loss yeah. to another NFC contender. Um, I think it's a loss, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But only because I just feel like this team is missing something. I still think the Eagles are making the playoffs. I just think this is going to be a very tough game. There, well, a lot of things are following following their way. There's a lot of unknowns as well. I mean, you're going to have two rookies playing pretty key roles in this game. You're going to also have a returning cornerback that you don't know how much you can count on in this game. Two two returning quarterbacks yeah. that this team has shown a ton of faith in and hasn't necessarily years, yeah. been rewarded for it. So you wonder how they're going to use them. Um, you know, look. Middle linebacker and left tackle are two of the most important positions on the field, especially from a communication and production standpoint. And you are likely to have first-round pick, never started an NFL game, Andre Dillard at left tackle. And you're probably either going to have TJ Edwards, an undrafted rookie, who's only played 13 defensive snaps throughout his first six games in the NFL playing middle linebacker, or Nathan Gary, who is – the freaky Friday of linebackers. He's really good in, in uh, you know, in the passing game. He's awful in the running game. You never know what you're going to get from him. Wait, how's that freaky Friday? Yeah, I don't know. Where I was going. <laughs> well, er, 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 like Jackal, Doctor Jackal and Mister Hyde. Yeah, Doctor Jackal yeah. and Mister Hyde. It's yeah, like freaky Friday is where they swap bodies. So I was sorry, like, you're not wearing glasses today. Exactly. <laughs> it's really throwing you off. Yeah, it's like I can't. Even I've made the transition back to contacts. I haven't done this in like over ten years. By the way, it's big. Yeah, this transition <laughs> is getting to me. Um, so I was like trying to consider what you were saying. Like, did like did he swap bodies with like so, like Nigel Bradham? Like, well, he, he's going to need to swap bodies <laughs> if he wants to be a productive linebacker. Uh, he is a smaller guy. I mean, he's added a bunch of weight, but he is still small. Yeah, I mean, he was a safety when he came out. Correct. Um, so, look on the surface, if a lot of these guys for the Cowboys don't play. It looks like a favorable matchup, but remember it's still in Dallas. It's still a division game. Their Eagles are still struggling in the secondary and the Cowboys coming in this game is the third best passing offense in the league as of Thursday morning. Um, you know, cause we can't, you know, stuff could change after this game, uh, the Thursday night football game. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So look again, I think it's going to be very close. I'm not confident in my prediction, but right now I kind of feel like it's leaning towards a man. They're gonna they're they're gonna wish they won this one. Well, also, how much does your opinion weigh on uh, if Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, Lel Collins, Tyron Smith? Like, if I, I don't think all of them will be out. It looks like the offensive linemen have been limited at least. But if 
two out of those four guys are out, like, does that change your opinion? Mike, well, yeah. I mean, I mean Michael Gallup is pretty good, too. He's going to have, have a big game, probably. I really like Gallup. Uh, Tavon Austin's known to not be a pumpkin once every 16 <laughs> games. I feel the like type of guy that would go off against the Eagles. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they still have a guy named Jason Witten who can get open in the red zone. They have Ezekiel Elliott, who... For some reason, does extremely is the only running back that consistently does extremely well against this team. Um, and look, Dak seems to be the type of guy that when he needs to be in a clutch situation, he delivers. Um, and the Eagles basically need to follow the script from their win in 2017, where it was a close game early on. Um, I believe it was a one-score game going to halftime, very close. And then Carson Wentz and the offense just went off. Um, I believe that was a Thursday night football game, if I'm not mistaken, or a, or a Sunday night, whatever. They're always it was a night game. <laughs> it was a night game. So, again, I, I don't think the Eagles are going to get blown out. I don't think that this is going to be a game that they, you know, look terrible in. I just like the, the vibe. It's a vibe thing, maybe. It's just like my sixth sense is tingling. And also, you know what, hopefully – I'm wrong because I was wrong about the Vikings game. I thought they were going to beat the Vikings pretty handedly. So again, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. It's just like when you go from having glasses, our entire friendship and work partnership to. It's like I'm a different person. Yeah. yeah. Who are you? It's like I've swapped bodies with somebody who does not have glasses. Like, right. Like, it's I'm like, who is this new man? <laughs> um, before we go full preview, just to like tie into like your, your bad feeling thing. Uh, we should address. I didn't think we were going to have to talk much more about Jalen Ramsey on this podcast. And then late last night, Justina Anderson dropped her yearly uh, uh, Eagles Discord <laughs> report. Um, she tweeted out pretty late last night that a player texted her. I'm sure everybody can kind of try and investigate themselves and figure out who that is pretty time. quickly. Um, that some she made, actually let me pull up the quote real quick here. Um, the the essential idea being that uh maybe there's somebody in the locker room if not multiple guys that aren't too happy that how he didn't get jail so the quote is about the Jalen ramsey going to the rams we dropped the ball i don't even want to talk about that bleep everybody knew what it was going to take to get him i could have told you that um i don't whoever it is that keeps talking to her he, he i don't know if it's the same guy that said last year that zach Ertz is getting over targeted and the chemistry wasn't there in the locker room or whatever that full quote was I don't really understand why they think that's a good idea to go out and say that stuff. But like, what what was your reaction? Like, I, I know there's a large part of the fan base that agrees with said player, but like, what was your reaction when you see this report last night? And why do you think somebody was willing to to do that? I guess I don't know. Well, for one, I think it's kind of a weak leadership point, right? So you know, just Justine is gonna throw that out there. You, yeah, you're yeah. Saying if you're that saying with, that to her, you know, you're saying that with the intent for it to get out. Um. Seems like a kind of a punk move, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because you're also trash-talking your own teammates by doing that. Right, which, you know, has been a running theme yeah. in the cornerback group this week. For yeah. whatever, I mean, for Between Jim run- Schwartz, yeah. Malcolm Jenkins, yeah. Yeah, so um, this game isn't for suckers. And like Malcolm said, <laughs> and that was a sucker move. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, like... Like what look, you accomplished by doing look, that? Yeah, I mean, look, we're the media. We look, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we, there 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 are people that get paid based on searching for quotes like that. I get it, but like in the grand scheme of things, 
what does that solve? Yeah. It's already done. If you would have been like, you know what, this team really needs Jalen Ramsey, and that was your probably that's like different, degree, yeah. that's fine. But to to openly admit that you dropped the ball, A, that's a lack of confidence in your team being able to play with the current guys that they have. B, um, I'm glad you're a talent evaluator who understands <laughs> how picks, draft picks are, are valued and all that other stuff. And three, look, we didn't know what the final price was going to be. There, the, no. the Jaguars could have held out until they got three first-round picks. Adam Schefter coming out there and saying, the Jaguars don't even want to trade Jalen Ramsey for five yeah. first-round picks. And Albert Breer had a story today where he, he like emphasized the relationship between Les Snead and Dave Caldwell, right. which yeah, might have played a factor, yeah. You know, they trust each other. They yeah. made trades in the past. The Dante Fowler trade last year worked out well for both sides. Um, and, you know, they have a relationship from Atlanta. They're both, I believe, poly... It, Codwell's definitely a Polian guy, but uh, I believe Les Snead is as well. Look, the Eagles are valuing their their picks. I mean, and and that's just what it is. To me, this sounds like a player who either really feels like there's a need to win now because they're either older or their contracts are expiring and they know how good of a quarterback situation they have, or it's a guy who really just doesn't have any faith in the secondary. And both of those points are valid. It's just not necessary to... Speak as an un, you know, an un, an unnamed source. It's just I, I don't understand what good that does. You know, uh, Tim McManus of ESPN asked Doug Peterson a good question. This was before this came out, just about like it, how it feels like everybody seems to have the need to send messages right now. Which you know, we didn't even I don't even think we talked about this. Uh, but Doug Peterson like went on WIP and. He sounded like he accidentally guaranteed a win, and he kind of backtracked a little bit, but still like stuck with his comment where he said, "We're going to go to Dallas. We're going to win. We're going to lead the division." It felt like he was like sending a message to the team that he has confidence in them. You have Malcolm Jenkins saying what he said after the game. You have them cutting Zach Brown. Now you have this thing. Like we kind of saw this kind of stuff happening last year, and then it kind of died down as they started winning again. Like it just feels like more, way more. Maybe you could say this about any locker room. Once you start losing, like things start happening that are weird. But it it just really does feel like they're a couple of bad losses away from, you know, maybe some some bad thing. I don't know about bad things is the right way of saying it, but just like just all this this message sending and cutting a guy who was starting for six games and someone anonymously complaining that you didn't trade for a guy. Like I I don't know. It just feel I don't think the wheels are necessarily falling off. I think Doug has a really good handle on his locker room. But if they lose to the Cowboys and then they lose to the Bills, or they beat the Bills and then they lose to the Bears going in the bye with a losing record. I don't know how we're going to feel about this team after the bye week. So what I'll say is this. I agree it does kind of get the sense that there is something brewing. That said, a couple of things. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're tied for the division lead right now. Um, no matter what happens in the next three games, they're still going to be in the division. Yeah, huh? unless they lost all three, I guess. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean... And then everything will be bad. And, so. <laughs> and at that point, you're not even thinking about the division. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking about like, hey. Salvaging. What, yeah. Um, another interesting thing about the Ramsey trade is if you were all in and you felt this like this was a Super Bowl team, why would you not? Why would you hesitate to offer the same package? Yeah. Um, yeah. Saying it's like, how do you feel about this team really? Right. That said, if you did offer that package and you felt like the team wasn't a cornerback away, then you're also saying to yourself, well, man, if we have a bad record and we don't make the playoffs, that's we're giving up on two you know, top 20 picks. I think 
this team has a good enough locker room to survive some of this stuff. Um, look, Fletcher Cox is probably frustrated. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins is probably frustrated. They know that they are on the ticking clock. They want to win another Super Bowl. Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey's another guy, right? I think this team needs a you know a shot in the arm, whether that's a trade for an offensive playmaker or somebody in the secondary or both or both. But it's just it's not a simple fix. We I said this last last podcast. It's not a simple fix, and I just think this team is heading in the same direction than it was last season, which was a playoff team that barely scraped by. They're a 9-7, 10-6 squad, making the playoffs. Maybe they win the division. Cool, whatever. But they're probably two and done. I don't know how this team contends with – or let's say they get to the Super Bowl, right? Let's Best case scenario, Best case yeah. scenario. How Everything is this team, works. How is this team beating the, the Patriots. Patriots or the Chiefs in the shootout again? Especially with the the way the Eagles' defense is constructed against the way those offenses are constructed. Right. Like the I Chiefs mean, with their speed on offense. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. give, give up on the season. Of course, I'm not saying, of course. You know, you get to the dance, anything can happen. Yes. But, you know, you've got to be asked to the dance in, 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 by earning your stripes. You know what I mean? So it's it, the next three weeks are going to be very interesting. Um, if they win all three, it's sunshine and rainbows, and you won't have any Jacina tweets out. Um, and she already got her one of the year out of the way. So. Right. And I, look, here's the thing. You know, I brought it up on the other po- the podcast. You and I were talking about it. I, you and I talked about it behind the scenes about how I had heard that Zach Brown could potentially get cut during training yeah. camp. You hear stuff like this all the time. It's just you don't know how much there's not, there's not juice to all of it. Yeah. Right. So, again, I think this team is coming off a two-game winning streak and then just lost. Remember, it's... it's, it's it, things change real quick. Yeah. Right. You, they could go to Dallas, beat Dallas 13-10, to 10, and then beat... Everybody's hyped. And then beat Buffalo 13-7, to 7, and people will be like, wow, two-game winning streak. Those are two of the hardest that, games. Then they lose to the Bears. Or, and yeah. then they lose to the Bears... You know, ten to seven, and it's like the <laughs> offense is suddenly running. Really... Dude, you just won two yeah. games, winning thirteen. You know? <laughs> so look, this fan base is reactionary, reactionary as it should be. Yeah. Frankly, um, I mean the way they play this season, it's hard not to be. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, right? This is never this this they will probably never have another season like two thousand seventeen. Like those season, that season was magical. You right? can't you can't compare anything to that because the Eagles looked really good at this point already. By the way, one would argue that was the best best season in Philadelphia sports history. Like I mean, yeah, it, it like, was magical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and so I think when you look at that and everything, there's no, there was no like honeymoon phase after the Super Bowl. Immediately, people were like, "Oh, they've got to get back." That's Philly, right? If the Eagles can can close out this stretch three and zero, this city will be electric. That locker room will be electric, especially if they do it without trading for anybody. Yeah. My last point with the falling apart at the seams. I know I'm I'm going off on a rant here. October 29th, NFL trade deadline. Yeah, coming up right now. We are recording this on October seventeenth. Twelve days, dozen days, a dozen days. Two games, yeah. To to not only do Dallas and then the Bills. maybe maybe pick up something else on the way to the to Buffalo. Look on the way to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look again. Look, Jay Ajayi was not an aggressive trade. Sorry, a fourth round pick is not an aggressive trade. 
It was a smart trade. Yeah. That's what Howie needs to do. An aggressive trade was Golden Tate, and that was a bad yeah. trade. So I think Howie's... The, 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 the Jai trade was a luxury one, too. Like, they didn't need him. Right. I think I think Howie's got to make another one of those deals, whether it's bringing in a corner or bringing in a wide receiver or what have you, and being smart with it. You don't have to win the trade. You just have to make sure that you're getting the right guy for the right spot and not just doing it out of... You know, some self-preservation. Because that's what Golden Tate was. Golden Tate was a self-preservation trade, in my opinion. Because they had nothing in the passing game. And they just decided, oh, this guy's good after the catch. Cool, this works. <laughs> yeah, so a couple reactions to your rant. First, uh, one thing you were just saying about how, like, a honeymoon phase after the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know if you watch Kevin Clark's uh, Slow News Day that he does every week on uh, Twitter. Do you watch, you, do you watch yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So he had Colleen Wolf on uh, this week. And he, yeah, was, and he was talking about... Uh, how like most after after most Super Bowls you get like a three to five year grace period. Yeah, yeah and, and but he was like in Philadelphia like by by April of that by year the they were like oh the Eagles are gonna mess this draft up. I mean that's it's so true about Eagles fans. Like when the Eagles fell to what what was it like four and six last year, people were calling for Doug's head, and then by the end of the year they loved him again. Like that's just that's just Philadelphia in a nutshell. I just thought it was funny that that Kevin uh, said that. But um another thing was like earlier you were talking about how like if the Eagles think this team's good enough to win the Super Bowl, then you go and make that trade. If you don't, then you don't, blah, blah, blah. Well, they built this roster in a way that they thought they were going to be competing for a Super Bowl. Like, they don't – so I was talking about this with uh, somebody a little while ago. Like, who? Are, there's nobody on this roster that's under 25 that you can say is a blue chip right now. There are guys that have that potential maybe. Like, Barnett and Goddard would be the two guys, like, if you ask the Eagles. That's fair. But I don't think either of them are that right now. So you, you, have, you have nobody who's, like, a star and is under 25 years old. And so, and that's why part of why maybe you make the Ramsey trade, and maybe that's why you don't. But by not doing it, you're putting even more pressure on this organization to to hit home runs on draft pick, which they haven't done. Yeah, and and yeah, you and I talked about it last week when they or not last week, the last podcast. It just feels like last week. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like a day ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that's the NFL grind. Yeah, uh, it should be noted. Um, I'm questionable for Sunday's game. I pulled my hamstring running to a, a Carson Wentz press conference. You can feel free to make fun of me. Um, but uh, the thing is, is if they can draft well, then not trading for Ramsey made sense. I think Joe Douglas is gets an overzealous amount of praise for his time here because and look this is a little harsh but to me from the outside looking in even before I got here his strategy was hey I know that guy let's bring him in or a guy at a lot of production yeah right those are two things that to me um football is a lot more nuanced than that in the scouting department I would think um at least from when I watch film, and I'm not an executive, I'm not a scout, whatever, but I would imagine that there has to be more into your evaluation than production or, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, Howie Rosen's going to have to earn his, you know, and Andy Weidel is going to have to earn their stripes this 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 offseason because we're not going to forget about this Jalen Ramsey trade, and you know we're going to bring it up in the offseason if they draft a, a guard in the first round. For, which, which is the sort of thing that historically the Eagles have done. Yeah. Right. They need, I mean, uh, pro football focus did their draft, Mike Renner, who's awesome, who was on The Bachelorette uh, oh, yeah, a, couple season, right. yeah. a couple of seasons ago, mocked C.J. Henderson from the Gators to them, which I think is a great fit. Like, is he a corner? Yeah, he is a corner. 
Sorry, Zach. They will draft a corner this year. <laughs> I would imagine. Hey, um, I just said I just didn't think they needed to in the position they were in. Like, no, in, I in agree, the and they didn't yeah. think so either. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. Um, although Greedy Williams actually turned out pretty good. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but nobody uh, else drafted him either in the first yeah, round. By yeah. so. <laughs> but again, I, we, we keep talking about about the need to win a Super Bowl and the want to win a Super Bowl and the evaluation to win a Super Bowl. Right now, I don't see this as a Super Bowl team. Do you? No, not not as we sit here right now. No. Okay. If they trade for Jalen Ramsey, do you think that changes? Because I don't. I still don't think they're a Super I, Bowl team. But I also like. I don't. I don't think that the Super Bowl is the only reason why you do or don't make oh, a trade I agree. like that. Like yeah. like the Khalil Mack trade, for example. Like the Bears didn't win the Super Bowl, but I don't think anyone would argue that they didn't like absolutely hit a home run on that trade because he's absolutely he made them better. He made their defense maybe the best in the NFL. Like. You you get the you get the talent and then you figure the rest out. I don't think just because you don't win a Super Bowl and you, like the Cowboys didn't win a did they, they didn't even win a playoff game last year, right? Uh, yes, they did. Well, they didn't make it farther than that. Um, but the Mark the Mark Cooper trade worked out way better than I, I thought it was going to. I thought they traded maybe too much at the at the time. They probably did just considering Mari Cooper's like reputation and his health history and stuff like, and he's hurt again now. But. I don't know. I just think when you have the ability to trade for a young elite talent, which usually doesn't come available, you try and do it. Um, and again, I understand you don't trade. To, it's hard to trade two first round picks. I'm sure Howie explored this deal, um, but we're gonna find out if they're gonna regret that if they just because they haven't been able to figure out. We've talked about this. They haven't been able to figure out corner in a long time. So mm-hmm. and this would have solved it. Did they make the playoffs last year? I, like, they, they made the playoffs last year. I mean, they no, the did, they, did they win a playoff I game could last not, year? I cannot remember for no, the last year. No, sir, you've got a computer in front of you. Hold on, I do, hold have, that up. I do have a computer I know this sounds me. ridiculous, but that's how much of a grind this season is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that's why you make the trade, but if you are looking at it like that, if you're a Super Bowl away from... Or if you're a corner away from winning the Super Bowl, then I think that's when you say, hey, this is a slam dunk. I don't think Jalen would have been a slam dunk here. But I do think yeah, they, it would have been... They beat the Seahawks and lost to the Rams. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, but that's that's the thing to me is like, are you are you dealing for now or are you dealing for long term? You know, and I think that's how Howie looks at it. All right, let's do a little, little preview action. Um, um, all right, so I, I mentioned the Cowboys injuries. The Eagles, it seems like are going to have Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby back. I don't get the sense that Nigel Bradham, Deshaun Jackson will play. Avante Maddox definitely won't. Darren Sproles definitely won't. Um, I believe that's that's everybody. Tim Jernigan Tim, seems Tim like he's Jernigan. getting closer. He's been like out there warming up at least. Jason Peters will not be playing. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, so I, I mean I know. So we talked to uh, I talked to Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson yesterday. Jason Kelsey talked a little bit. They're all. Obviously, they're not going to say otherwise, but they all seem very confident in Andre Dillard. Um, it seems like they all agreed that first couple plays, he was getting his feet wet, and then he figured things out a little better. Uh, Brandon Brooks said he actually went through almost an identical like situation his rookie year where he like he went in for somebody in like week nine, and then week 10, he became the full-time starter. And he said his first game was against Nadamakan Sioux. So he, he kind of can feel for Andre Dillard going against Everson Griffin and then Robert Quinn. But... Um, like, how much weight do you think this game on Sunday is going to play? Because the, the Eagles coaches are always telling us that if you're on the active roster, then they believe you're a, a starter quality player. But oh, then say, you have a role. You have a role. And uh, they used a the first-round pick in him. He was supposed to be a top-ten pick. He fell. 
uh, like he's a first-round pick. Like I, I think it's reasonable to expect him to have a good game, and I think if he struggles a bit, it'd be reasonable to not maybe worried isn't the right word, but to at least like think about <laughs> what's coming next. But at the same time, like it's also important not to put too much weight on this game. Yeah, I don't put a ton of weight on this game. There's going to be a ton of weight on him though, because yeah, I do a lot think, of pressure on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, look, this is. You could call it a must-win. I don't think it's like I don't think if they lose this game, they're not making the playoffs. But I do think it's a very it's the most important game of their season so far, for sure. Um, and protection of Carson when his wide receivers can't get open is you know paramount. So you know he's going to be counted on. Going up against Robert Quinn is not going to be an easy task. He's been revitalized by being traded to Dallas, and I think um, there are going to be some blunders. But I think we have to look at it within like with some perspective because he is a rookie. This will be his first start. I also think he will play better coming in right off the bat as opposed yeah. to throwing in. being thrust into a situation. Cause remember you not only have to go from, Oh man, my teammate went down to, Oh, I've got to go play and do my role. And I think there, there is, especially with the offensive line and how much camaraderie there is there. When Jason Peters goes down, it does kind of, it is kind of jarring, I guess for a person who's never been around yeah. him where he used to leave. I mean, the game I mean, think about it. He's, he was a four-year starter at Washington State. It's not like he has even experiences getting thrown into a game. Right. I mean, I think that's a really great point. He's used to being the guy. And so now this week, they're preparing him like he's that dude. And I think that'll help him. I mean, he's used to getting reps with the first team because, yeah. you know, Jason Peter Peters doesn't practice a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. he's been limited, but... Um, it's good that they have faith in him because they're going to have to use him. You know yeah. what I mean? And and the good thing is, is it, unlike in previous years where Vitae was the main backup. And only option. Yeah. And only option. If Dillard does struggle in the first half, you have Vitae. So and I think trust, that that's yeah. beneficial in a lot of ways and probably takes a little bit of pressure off everyone. Yeah. But, you know, Dillard's going to have to play well. I will say Lane Johnson did mention that. He expects like them to move Demarcus Lawrence over Dillard's side occasionally. Oh, definitely, so, definitely. So like it's going to be more challenging than only Robert Quinn, who himself is a great challenge for a rookie, obviously. So I mean, this is a good time to uh, hit him in the matchups. That's obviously maybe what number one on the list. Um, if Amari Cooper plays him, the combination of him and Michael Gallup against whoever the Eagles play at cornerback is probably the next one, right? Yeah, that's a rough one. Um, yeah, I think Gallup is a really good player. He's had a really good year when he's been healthy. Yeah, he's a guy that could be a high-caliber number two, I think. And, um, you know, I don't think they've missed Cole Beasley absolutely at all. Uh, you know, I think they've done well with having Tavon Austin and Gallup being the supporting cast. And Randall Cobb, yeah. Yeah, and Randall Cobb being the supporting, too. the supporting cast of Amari Cooper. So, you know, I mean, Dallas is the third-best passing offense in the league for a reason. And I think Dak has done – as much as everybody likes to complain about Dak or, or or hate on him, he's had a relatively good year. He's done 11 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, you know, he's running the ball well. Um, he's using the guys around him well. What they need to do is make him one-dimensional. They need to take away Zeke's, you know, effect. And this is the best, one of the best rushing defenses in the league, if not the best. So the Eagles will need to, to figure out a way to stop the run and force Dak to make Mistakes, you know, Ronald Darby, Rasul Douglas, and Jalen Mills all have one thing in common. They are very opportunistic corners. While their coverage skills are, you know, up and down and uneven, they are very good at making plays in the ball when quarterbacks make really bad mistakes, um, especially Rasul Douglas. 
quarterbacks just haven't made a lot of mistakes against the Eagles this year because they haven't been pressed. This is going to be one of those games where they have to make Dak Prescott make mistakes. And I think he will make them if the pass rush is even halfway decent. And it'd be nice to have a game where there's not so much mis- – like it seems like miscommunication has been the word that Jim Schwartz has thrown around quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they need – like it'd be nice to have a game where Rizal Douglas gives up – or doesn't give up a big play. Like when he does give up a big play, he's not immediately looking around like where's the other guy. Like that can't keep happening. Like who knows if that's his fault or the safety's fault, but the two of them have to figure it out. Yeah, I mean the secondary needs to communicate for yeah. sure. Yeah. Especially when you write a check like Jenkins did where he said basically – you know, the corners have to have confidence. Well, the safeties need to be able to communicate yeah. as well. And Jenkins also admitted that he was the reason, one of the main reasons why they had that Stefan Diggs touchdown. Uh, the first one, I believe. Correct. Where everybody was wide open. Um, other matchups, I mean, obviously Ezekiel Elliott, they, they still did a pretty good job on Dalvin Cook. I think his final numbers, he still only had like 50 rushing yards or something. Um, Ezekiel Elliott presents different challenges than any other running back probably in the NFL besides maybe Saquon. Um, how, what's your, I mean, now that, Bra- I mean, Bradham, wasn't having a great season anyway, but what's your level of confidence in the Eagles' ability to contain him? The front, the defensive front, um, the line is doing a really good job against the run. Yeah. Sweat's doing a good job. Brandon Graham. Sweat's playing a lot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Vinny Curry, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Ridgeway has... I, I think pretty good the last couple weeks. I think he's played a lot better than his pro football focus ratings. Akeem Spence, meh. <laughs> um, but they have a defensive line that can stop the run really. Camus is very good at getting to a point and making a stop. He's still recovering from that injury. I've been told that he feels comfortable playing a whole game. We'll see. Nathan Gary against the run, I have some issues with. He's a guy that's going to have to face off against some offensive linemen and get run over. He is not a big dude. So I'm interested to see how he does. TJ Edwards, let me tell you something. I rewatched the Vikings game, and TJ Edwards played basically the entire fourth quarter as this, the Will. Um, well, he played Will, and then he also played Sam. He did really well. Yeah. He had four tackles in 10 minutes, or in 10 plays. That's pretty impressive. He gets the ball very, very well against the run. I think the Eagles trust him there. I think they saw how many tackles Zach Brown was missing. Um, and they felt good about Edwards, and that's probably partially why they made that move. Um, Edwards is really interesting, and if they have him play middle linebacker, which is his natural position, uh, you know, he's going to have to make the calls. He did that during the preseason. He did that during training camp, but he was also the third-string middle linebacker. Um, He's a guy that I think they have a lot of confidence in in the running game. I don't know if he's a three-down linebacker, and so if you're going to make him the middle linebacker and make him distribute the calls, that's a little, hmm, I don't know. It might be that Nathan Gary hands out the calls and then just plays uh, Sam or, or Will, and then Camus plays whichever Gary does it, which is actually kind of smart. Yeah. And then in, in nickel situations, it would be Gary and Camus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that third linebacker spot still a big role. Even if you're only going to play 30 to 50% the snaps you have to play well on those 30 to 50 yeah. percent of the snaps um so on the offensive side of the ball um i, I, I don't have the number frame but the eagles are like either the worst or one of the worst in yards after the catch um and that's probably because there's i mean most of those balls in the middle of the field are going to zach Ertz or dallas goddard and they're not able to go anywhere with it mm-hmm. and that's because there's no threats on the outside right now it seems like Alshon jeffrey i don't know if he's slower or still recovering or what but he he's 
they I think there's a reason why they've only done the screen game with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they simply they need to find hit a ball down the field this game. I don't know who it goes to, but like it, and Miles Sanders, for as good as he's been doing that, it clearly doesn't open things up for other people because it would have opened things up for other people by now. Well, the thing with Sanders is the reason why he's been such a good deep threat is because his match his he's effectiveness going against linebackers, right? Well, yeah, his effectiveness is based on the matchup. Yeah. So. Getting him on a linebacker, getting him on a defensive lineman, that's why he's been productive. Yeah. And you can't constantly do that because then you're never going to get the mismatches on the outside, yeah. which is why Carson once said a couple of weeks ago, it's great, but you can't constantly go to it. Um, you can do it maybe twice a game. That said, yeah, they've got to go downfield. I mean, they're going to have to hit, you know, Jeffrey on a deep post. Uh, Goddard's going to have to go down the field. Matt Collins, if you're going to keep him at that Z spot... Use his speed, yeah. Use his speed. Um, but he pushes off almost every other play. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's a problem. Yeah. Um, and then Nelson, maybe, maybe put Nelson at the Z spot. Why not? Yeah. If you're going to run... If you're going to run 12 personnel, you might as well. Um, the, the the Cowboys linebackers are very good, by the way. Like Leighton Van Der Esch and... Uh, what's the Jalen, other? Jalen Smith. Um, so like Zach Ertz, I think, had like 14 catches one game against them and only three in the other one last year. Uh, he he he's among the worst tight ends in yards after the catch, which I don't think he typically. Which he always. Is. Yeah, well, he usually yeah, because he gets those passes and gets tackled, but he hasn't produced like he usually does. Well, relative to what he usually does, most tight ends happen to be fair, but right. there's and just he, like no space for him to operate right now. Yeah, I mean it's difficult. Like you know, you don't want to say one player makes an offense, but Deshaun Jackson's presence. <laughs> it's crazy. Alone, it's just it's it's very weird, and their inability to adapt has been remarkably frightening actually um look the screen game with alshon i think works because it's an extension of the running game this is this needs to be a good running game for jordan howard um and i wouldn't even mess around with miles sanders outside of being on third down he's the third down back now jordan howard needs to be the early down guy the short yardage guy like there's no need to bounce you know what i mean um so i think they're kind of in a in a spot where you know, we talked about how deep this team was, right? But that was based on projection of rookies contributing, mm-hmm. based on talent, talent of veterans, based on veterans oh, being available. So, you know, it's kind of added up to where things have kind of fallen off and they had no backup plan. Depth is theoretical. It's all, you know, cool. Andre Dillard was a first round pick. They put a lot of value in that. And now he's the back of left tackle. Well, cool. Well, if Andre Dillard doesn't execute properly, you're not in good shape. The cornerback group of six corners are injured at various points of the season. And, they, and they, they're up to like eight corners on the year. So right. They, I mean, like it's, it's difficult. Uh, I will tell you one guy who's going to be very up for this game is Orlando Skandrick. Uh, and That's I would true, not yeah. be shocked if they send him on blitzes quite often. Yeah. I mean, that's what he's good at. So just two, two things that I hope we don't see this week. Number one, don't, for God's sake, run that freaking uh, fake field goal ever again. Why? <laughs> it was so well scripted. <laughs> they kept. It was funny how late into the week, like, Doug was getting frustrated how often he was getting asked about it. Uh, and the other thing, if you win the coin toss, take the ball. <laughs> like, stop deferring. It doesn't work. Doug finally realized that, I think. At least he's pretending like he's realized that. They Like, the, the way... The way to beat the Eagles is to keep them off the field. And then so when they're off the field, they don't have the momentum. Yeah. So they come out and run it three times in a row, and they can't run the plays they want to run. And they go three and out, and all of a sudden you don't, only had one drive in the first quarter. So Yeah, you and I have turned to each other at times and been like, you're voluntarily giving up 
uh, uh, you know, an early possession. Like it, it's you need to start off fast. It's great that you can finish, but you can finish. Like the thing doesn't change in the second half. You need to be able to get off on the right foot in the first half. Yeah. Um, is is there any uh, any any guys in particular that you have your eye on for this game for the Eagles that we haven't talked about? Um. I think this is a big game for Dallas Goddard, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, they targeted him quite a lot in the Vikings game. And while the Cowboys have really good linebackers and some decent safeties, they need to be able to... You know, Dallas Goddard's a good blocker, and that's great. He's been almost exclusively a blocker, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Let's see what he's got. You know, this is a division matchup. Unleash the Beast. Because I honestly think he's more physically talented than Zach yeah. Hurts is. He, and he's deep into his second year. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, right. it's not like he needs to be developed what are anymore. You waiting for? Oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, I think we need to end the podcast now. It's your glass. <laughs> it's because you don't have glasses, I want to say. Yeah, that's uh, why. <laughs> uh, no, I really I don't understand uh, the lack of targets prior to that game. I mean, he is such yeah, a he, weapon. He had like five or six last week, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, when they target the tight ends in the red zone, they're typically very successful and then overall have a, a successful game uh, when they do target tight ends in, in the red zone. So um, I, you, you want to see them spread the ball out. Carson Wentz benefits from spreading the ball out because then you never know where he's coming from. It helps with his mobility and all that stuff. But when he's favoring three guys that are big targets, you don't have a lot of speed on the offense. If this is a shootout, they are not going to win with the meticulous drive. I've said that four times this every one of the last four podcasts great cool you can produce a meticulous long drive well that doesn't help when your secondary is giving up big plays the reason why the 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 eagles lost that game to the vikings was because they could not move the ball downfield quickly enough and every single time the vikings were on the field they had quick efficient drives long drives are great when you when you have a lead but when you're playing from behind it is like quicksand no matter if you score or not um that's why even when the Eagles got it within one score in the third quarter, it still felt like they were yeah. going to lose that game. Yeah. All right. So what do, what do you got for prediction for this game? I know you, you teased I'm going, it a little bit. I'm, I'm going Cowboys 24-23. This is going to be a rough one. And I'm, I'm just I'm, – So you think it comes down to the end or you think like the it, – Yeah, okay. I do. I think the Eagles will start off strong. I just think this is a game that with that running game, it's going to be difficult. I don't think they're going to be able to pull ahead enough that – you know, they can stop the Cowboys running game. I think this is a game where the running game kind of lets them down and we start uh, questioning the coverage and run responsibilities of this defense. The more we've talked, the more I've second-guessed myself for this pick, but I I have the Eagles winning 24-17. to 17. Um, I'm not confident in that, really. This is like a weird... This feels like such a weird game because the two teams are in such weird spots right now. I can get a feel for either team. Yeah. Both of them don't really seem like very good teams, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, in another division, you'd be worried about the chances of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were in the Rams division. Um, especially, like, after... Uh, I mean, the 49ers are probably going to be 6-0 after this week to play the Redskins, by the way. And what I will add, too, is the Cowboys have lost three straight. And, yeah. t- and the Eagles have only lost one. So... The Cowboys are a lot more desperate than the Eagles, yeah. and I think that'll play into it too. They're also at home. Um, if this game was in at the link, I would actually probably have the same exact score that you do, 27-17, but it's on the road. Um, Eagles fans travel, but Dallas is still Dallas, and it's a division game, and there's so many things on the line for Dallas. If Dallas loses this game, realistically, that's going to tailspin. I could still see the Eagles recovering if they lose this game. 
I agree. All right, so we'll go to our reader comments. Uh, make sure you all keep sending us these. We we love to read them. Um, send us your predictions for this game. It's been a weird couple of games, so we haven't had to read any of them so far. But um, so Holy Tomatoes says, uh, "Hey guys, there's no way the Eagles could get someone close to Ramsey's talent in the next two drafts in the mid to late twenties, especially the way how he's been drafting lately." And that's a very fair point. I think we we said that. Um, Charles Deo says. No, he's he's being mean, so I'm not gonna read that. <laughs> hey, that's a good way of filtering out the emails. <laughs> Just don't be mean, okay? Yeah, come on, guys. Uh, Skylar Allen says uh, Patrick Peterson needs to happen. I agree. Um, let's see. T. Raw says I think we need to upgrade now. I would love to see P. Peterson and P. Robinson in that midnight green. I think it means Patrick and Patrick. Hmm. Uh, get rid of Douglas and Jones. We can't waste the talent we have now. Uh, people obviously have a special place in their heart for Patrick Robinson after <laughs> what he did that year. Um, let's see. Oh, Drew Christensen says, Hey, guys, love the pod. I have a question for your preview pod. Wouldn't this game be the perfect situation to pull out a trick play that actually works? <laughs> yeah, in theory. <laughs> it's always a good time to pull that out. Uh, watching this offense without D-Jax has been difficult at times and appears creativity is lacking. I agree. Like... The creativity that it, it this happened last year too, where Doug like waited till the second half of the season to start getting the juice back. Well, I think part of part your of, play, yeah. part of the, that's strategic, right? Yeah. So you don't want, yeah, that's true. You know, when you're going down the stretch, that's when you want to have your fireballs. Um, I think they should stop waiting until the second half of the season. Yeah, maybe maybe like throw out a fireball or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's a fair point. This guy says Patrick Robinson for Jalen Mills and a six, and Patrick wait for Jalen Mills and a six. Uh, so they're going to have Jalen Mills and a six-round pick for a guy who only plays special teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, I don't think... And Patrick Peterson for a two- and a three-round pick, which I don't think the Cardinals would do. Yeah, unless you're giving up the sixth overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Who says no? Uh, I think that's it. All right, uh, so we'll end on that note. Like I said, make sure you leave us some comments and your predictions for this week. Uh, write us reviews and tell us how much you love us, please. And uh, well, especially well, <laughs> Zach, he needs please. it. I need this, guys. <laughs> I'm changing my look. Like this is this is an emotional time for me. He's like being very vulnerable right now. <laughs> I think like I you think can't he, see my eyes because you're not here. But I don't have glasses on. I look like a different person. That is exactly why they can't see your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. Good we're, one, Zach. We're losers. Okay. Uh, we'll end on that note. Thanks for listening, guys.